we're going to have some gratuitous sex and violence. You guys always bring me the very best violence. No relationship. No emotion. Just sex. to another exciting episode of Gratuitous Sex and Violence, the podcast where we play marriage counselor to sex and violence. I mean, those kids, they just they just got married way too soon. Yeah, yeah. And you know, just like if, if you don't have a, a, a good foundation of mm-hmm. sex and violence, then, you know, no marriage is, is going to last. You got to know that you got to base your marriage on schlock. Yeah. Yeah. You really do, yeah. you know? Uh, and, and like, I, I don't mean to be old-fashioned about it, you know? <laughs> like, uh, I know a lot of people would say that's pretty traditional, but it's just what I think. Yeah. It's my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's just my opinion. I hear that. I hear that. All right. Well, my name is Orlando, and I'm joined by my roommate, uh, co-host, and guest, Ned. And you're actually leading today, Ned, so take it away. Awesome sauce. Uh, today's episode, uh, I think we're going to have some fun with this one. Uh, All right. We, I like fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, sometimes, sometimes we like to have fun on this podcast. I like not fun all the time. Not always. <laughs> you know, for the fun averse of us. Um, today, we are going to be watching uh, 2005's Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Mm. Um, came out in 2005. Uh, it was uh, directed by Doug Lyman, mm-hmm. uh, written by Simon Kinberg, and it stars Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, Vince Vaughn, Adam Brody, and Kerry Washington. Nice. And, oh, I forgot uh, Kerry Washington was in this. Yeah, yeah, very, very early yeah. in her career. Um, Free scandal. Yeah, it was. It was a. Yeah, it was a very pleasant surprise uh, nice. to, to see her in the movie. Um, so uh, this is an American action comedy film. Uh, in which a bored upper-middle-class married couple is surprised to learn that they are both assassins belonging to competing agencies. Um, Orlando, have you seen this movie? I have seen this movie. It's been a few years since I've seen it, but I've seen it a few times. I generally like uh, Doug Lyman's movies a lot. Yeah. Although I haven't, I don't think I've seen this one as much as I've seen Edge of Tomorrow or um, Born Identity. Yeah. Well, and I think this one's this one's a really interesting one, uh, and I'm actually looking forward to uh, talking with you um, a, a little bit in in the context of the Born Identity because, like. This one, this movie is definitely like a really sort of slick spy action movie, right. um, and and I think that like between the Born Identity in two thousand two and then uh, the release of you know the Casino Royale in two thousand six, we're mm-hmm. we, we sort of started to see like this kind of shift in like the action film sensibilities around spy fiction, right. sort of towards something that was, you know, a little less slick and a little less, like, glamorous with, like, crazy gadgets mm-hmm. and, and, you know, a little more gritty and grounded. And um, and so this movie is, is a really interesting one to kind of watch as we sort of think about, like, that shift in sensibility when Casino Royale obviously, you know, took a lot of inspiration from the Bourne identity. I also I think. remember how this one's kind of like a push and pull between being a um, action spot like a spy action movie and also a romantic comedy I feel yeah. if I remember correctly I feel like that there are some moments that are like trying to play in both genres and I'm, I'm interested to see how successful it does that because I don't I don't remember it always jiving a hundred percent last time I saw it but uh, but I did enjoy the movie overall it just uh, but I'm interested to see how um, what my take is after watching it absolutely yeah same here um so for those of you at home who are following along uh, the movie is as of this recording available on HBO Max um, it is also I believe available for purchase or rent through all of your favorite uh, monopolistic streaming platforms such as Amazon and iTunes and whatnot. Um, So I hope that you will all give it a watch with us. uh, And then afterwards, we will do some trivia and talk about the film at length. Uh, Orlando, are you ready to mine your marital? Ready, ready. Ready, ready. Great. Awesome. Uh, Folks, we will see you on the flip side. I hope we're going to have some gratuitous sex and violence. You guys always bring me the very best violence. No relationship. No emotion. Just sex. 
and Mrs. Smith. Uh, Orlando, mm-hmm. what'd you think of the movie? Um, yeah, uh, I think that I actually enjoyed it less than I have in the past. Yeah. I don't know. There was you, you something you, about it. You said you'd last seen it like what, like three or so years like ago? Like maybe like three, four years ago okay, was cool. the last time I saw it. Um, and I mean, I, re- I, I remember it being like a really fun movie and it was a fun movie, but I feel like it took a while to get to the fun parts. I feel like it kind of, it just revs up its engine for a lot longer than I remember it being. Uh, I also think that I feel like it could have been a lot cuter also. Like, I feel like the romantic comedy parts are pretty weak compared to the action parts overall. And even though, because um, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt have crazy chemistry, the whole movie. Like, so, but I feel like, you know, the, the marital stuff, when it is cute, it's good, but it doesn't go far enough with that. Yeah. I don't know. But um, but definitely, like, the, the once the action starts revving up, like, starting from the scene when they're just, like, going at each other at the house, all the way through the end, like, the pacing of the movie really picks up, and there's a lot of great set pieces one after the other there. But there, there's just, like, a big lag from that those opening scenes when we're getting to know them to to that scene when they're going at each other. I feel like there's like a, a lot of uh, just like slow pacing there. I don't know. Yeah, I, I definitely hear what you're saying. Um, these past couple times that I watched it, um, both when I was preparing and then just now, um, I definitely kind of felt that lag in pace. Uh-huh. Um, I think that uh, a lot of the humor around like kind of establishing their marriage um comes off as like pretty dated right uh, because it's 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 clear that it's it's sort of it's it's playing on like a very specific like uh you know sort of you know white heteronormative like idea of marriage which is which is yeah very waspy very old hat Mm -hmm. um and and most of and I mean, this was made during the Bush years, so... Well, exactly. And, and I and feel like it was kind of made for a conservative crowd, too. That's a, the feeling that I got from Yeah, it. that's the thing, is that I think a lot of that humor, it, it kind of mainly just sort of, like, name-checks a lot of yeah. those, like, tropes without really, like, without really, like, playing with them right. that much. Um, so we, I, don't, we don't really get an in-depth, I think, an, uh, not an analysis, but a, uh, I guess, like, a study on the marriage... Yeah, definitely. Well, and I think um I think that like one of the movie's strengths and 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 one of the few ways that I think it was actually pretty effective is that I I've noticed that like there is a pretty good through line um about like the idea of communication because I think that like the movie actually does do a good job of establishing that like the problem of their marriage is communication right, yeah. and like them sort of, you know, figuring out who they really are mm-hmm. and, and, and sort of reconciling with that. Um, most of the humor that gets kind of milked out of that and, and how that evolves and changes is based on how they communicate with each other and right. like miscommunication and stuff like that. So I think that's one of the few areas where like the movie actually did a good job, like being more specific. That was and- more effective also um, in the latter half of the movie, exactly because when they're yeah. when they're doing the job stuff together, that's when like it's it's interesting to see how their miscommunication in marriage affects how they work together on the job. Exactly. So yeah. I think that that was definitely very interesting. Yeah, definitely. But then yeah, all the other stuff about like their kind of waspy lifestyle, it's mm-hmm. pretty like. And again, maybe that's just kind of more of a product of its time type thing. But yeah, yeah for today in 2020, it's like mm, like how she's expected to to cook and the the whole the whole thing about oh she's not a good cook, but I'm still eating her food. Like that's yeah, that's yeah, a very exactly. dated way and, of looking and, at it. Yeah, and and very like strict gender roles yeah. and stuff like that. Um, so uh, so yeah, I, d- I definitely hear you on 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 how that definitely uh, kind of affects the pacing in the beginning. Um, uh, well, definitely, uh, 
talk a little more about the movie. Uh, but first, uh, I think uh, we are up for some uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith trivia. All right. Yeah, yeah. Last time I didn't do too good on the trivia. Oh, you know, look, we there, it was there's tough. All... You're, you've, you've been tough on me. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, you know, I just uh, I, which is I, good. I want you. I want you to. Good. Like good. Me. Good. Without without mercy. Um, and especially for this, you know, like we got we got yeah. two leading folks who are who are without mercy. So uh, I, I try to match. Um, so as a reminder, uh, we are going to be doing five questions about the film. Uh, they will be. Uh, they will be ranked, uh, hopefully, in difficulty from least difficult to mm-hmm. most difficult. And then there will be a bonus question as well that will kind of expand beyond the realm of the film's universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you ready? Uh, ready as I'll ever be. Fantastic. Uh, question one. And actually, question one is a two-part question. Okay. All right. Um, so uh, the question is, over their careers, who has killed more people, John or Jane? And then, how many people has the winner killed? Oh, uh, so Jane definitely won that one. And I believe she said it was like 312 or 300 and something like that. You got it. Yeah. Right on the money. First one, Jane. Um, I think uh, it's actually pretty striking how much more competent Jane is. Yeah, I also I also have a problem with um, how much more ruthless she is. Yeah, I I didn't feel that in in previous viewings. I didn't think, but I I really felt like the movie overall. And I don't know if it's because it comes from a male perspective or not, but it's much more sympathetic to. I think Brad Pitt's side, at at least as far as the discovering each other. And, and their actual career goes like like obviously like I feel like like she it, in the marriage stuff at the beginning they're, they're it's treated equally that they're both just as dissatisfied but but then when it comes to like discovering you know like there's that scene where Brad Pitt shoots her car accidentally and then the scene in the elevator where for all like she knows he just died and and it, and it feels like the movie at least portrays her um, reacting more coolly to that than he does. I like the scene in the car when they're driving back home or racing each other home, and and he's like saying, uh, first time I met you, it was like Christmas morning," and she's like, "Oh, you're just a mark to me." Yeah, I I, I definitely hear what you're saying about that. Um, I I think that I I would say that that's probably I think somewhat justified because of the way that they are because of the difference in how they operate the mm-hmm. fact that like she is much more of a planner and mm-hmm. and more of a professional and ultimately i would say like better at her job yeah and he um, is more like and, hard on his sleeve kind of guy you know yeah he's a little more hard on his sleeve um i definitely do agree that uh, i i did i think i did i did have a little more trouble with with how much more sympathetically the film clearly kind of frames John and, yeah. and I would definitely agree that it, it is more framed from his perspective right. um, so so you find yourself empathizing a little mm-hmm. more with him um, by the same token uh, I'm not I, I don't think I necessarily had like a huge problem with that difference between them um, especially when like thinking about how the film is playing with gender because mm-hmm. um, I think there are a lot of ways in which the film doesn't subvert gendered expectations or comment on them but I do think that the idea that Jane is more professional Mm -hmm. and better Mm -hmm. than John is um, is something that I did kind of appreciate Mm -hmm. and there's no like there's no idea that she necessarily is like better just because she uses her feminine wiles or anything like that like her first kill she is kind of doing a seduction thing she does yeah but by the same token like but it plays to their strengths though well yeah because we contrasted with his first where he's pretending to be a slob and drunk well, exactly yeah so and also like their workplace is like she she works at a much more high-tech firm than he does like yeah. he, <laughs> he his place is just looks like a warehouse pretty yeah, much a little bit so so again it's like it is kind of leaning into mm-hmm. certain gender stereotypes um but but by the same token i i do kind of appreciate that like 
I would say she probably is kind of the stronger person in, in a way, overall. Right, yeah. And I do agree that she's the more competent of the two. Yeah, definitely. But they're both extremely competent, though, like, yeah, in definitely. their own way. Like, he gets the job done even though he, you know, Yeah, a little a bit, a little bit. I feel like when I first watched it, I felt like they were more evenly matched, mm-hmm. and I sort of felt like it was more of, like, a philosophical difference between right. them, that he kind of, that he was more improv while she was more planning. I think the and, way that he I, describes it is actually a really good way. Like, he says that when they're talking about their marriage when they're in the gutter and he says uh I'm a mess and you're a disaster. Yeah. That's pretty much the the best way. Like he like his way is really messy and her way is more like she's like just a storm about everything. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually interesting. Mm-hmm. That's actually a really good uh, thing to point out there. Uh, I, I like that. Um question number 2. All right. What is Benjamin Dan's nickname? Benjamin Dan's. Yeah, the uh, the Adam Brody character. Oh, Tank. Got it. Nice. <laughs> I was like, who is Benjamin Dan? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> I only know him as Adam Brody. Pretty much. Well, and, and, one, and the I guy think, from like, the OC. Well, you, you've got Adam Brody, who I guess, I don't know, has, has Adam Brody ever really, like, delivered a performance that isn't just, like, Adam Brody-esque? Or does you know, the, much- the last thing that I saw him in... Um, was in Shazam, and I feel like that was the only time where I've seen him play a role that was different from what I've seen him play before, because yeah. he was doing like the whole superhero thing. Okay, and it was still Adam Brody-ish. Yeah, but I don't know. It was like different enough to where like he wasn't playing just like a dweeby guy. Yeah, but dweeby uh, snarky. Right. Yeah. But that's yeah. Like that's we saw him in uh, recently in uh, in uh, Jennifer's body yeah which which i actually kind of liked because like he definitely leans into Mm -hmm. that like dweeby snarkiness right but also ends up being like this really terrifying character as a result so um so i did actually appreciate that that he he kind of had like a nice twist Mm -hmm. on that that usual thing by like being such a fucking horrifying absolutely absolutely but this was more like his oc persona seth yeah for sure see i know him more like seth really than adam brody (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly well there there's like there's like him there's like adam brody being peak adam brody and then there's also vince vaughn obviously being peak right and where did that guy go i mean i vince vaughn is just like a delight yeah he really was (laughs) i i i found most of his quips to be like the funniest stuff yeah honestly um, definitely. Uh, okay, question three. Uh, so far, you're doing great. Yeah. Uh, you're two for two. Ooh, getting um, harder, though. So, uh, yeah, this one's definitely a, a trickier one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, yeah, now I'm, like, second-guessing my order, but, but I think we'll... <laughs> Don't, think just we'll commit. I'm going to commit. Commit to the marriage. All right, uh, number three. Uh, what is the name of the company that Jane Smith heads as part of her cover? Oh, shit. Uh, I don't... Yeah, I don't know. We only saw it, like once in the when he was looking at it and I focused on her name and CEO yeah so yeah, we, we do see it a couple we do actually see it printed a couple of times in the movie if that helps if that's helping you I know that Keith David is father yeah <laughs> definitely for sure Keith David father indeed which kind of reminded me of like like it seems like they had like a Charlie's Angels type operation a little bit, yeah. I, I, I also was, yeah, did kind of, uh, it did kind of make me uh, curl my eyebrow a little bit at the fact that Jane's company seems to be an an, an all woman mm-hmm. company. Um, now her and her cover though is like that she's it's like a, some sort of tech firm or something because yeah because she was talking about a, like a server outage or something. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and also Brad Pitt. Uh, like during the beginning during that like boxing scene is like describing her as like Batman for computers and mm. stuff like that so but I don't think it had her name on it anywhere yeah. so uh, I mean obviously I'm not gonna get this at all but uh, I'm gonna say um, Global Tech Inc okay uh, well that's that's incorrect <laughs> um, uh, the uh, the correct answer is I temp technology staffing uh, um, I temp is also an acceptable answer um but uh, not a problem. You're still doing. So wait. Strong. So is it supposed to be a temp agency? Kind of, sort of. I, I that's the impression that I get. That because that that it, it's like an IT sort of yeah. temp agency, or huh. that like they, uh, or, or I'm not sure actually. Or may, that might be more of a branding thing. But but 
the general gist being that it's it's IT mm-hmm. IT based technology contractors, right? Of some sort. Which is a good cover. Yeah. I actually think that that's a better cover than engineer. Yeah, the construction thing. I'm not sure how much of that would necessarily give you enough cover to mm-hmm. leave town a lot or have odd hours or anything like that. But again, that, like, she so. was more high-tech than he was. Like, even his, like, like he had a bunker underneath his shed, <laughs> and she had a secret panel in the oven. Yeah, like, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, question number four. Uh, still doing pretty strong. Um, all right, this, one, this one's a tricky one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only mentioned once in the film. Um, how long after meeting each other does John confide to Eddie that he's going to marry Jane? It's like six months or something like that. like Or six weeks. Got it. Yeah. Six weeks. Got, six weeks. I, I knew it was six, but then I remember that Vince Vaughn says, this is like way too short. I'm like, wait a minute. No, months is actually kind of okay. So <laughs> weeks. Def- definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah. Six, yeah, six weeks is a very, very tight window yeah. um, for uh, for getting married, for sure. To and get to know anybody. Yeah. Right? Well, and it's interesting, too, because, again, I think you, you actually did bring up that kind of disparity in how each of them was approaching the marriage, because, mm-hmm. like, in that scene, uh, John is talking about that he is in love and mm-hmm. like he's so smitten yeah, he's just how impulsive he is. Whereas like it's clear in her conversation with Jasmine, mm-hmm. uh, Carrie Washington's character, um, that she's much more looking at it from the perspective of like we both have comparable incomes. Right. Uh, you know, it's yeah, she's it's, actually it's a good, It's a good. It's a good. <laughs> it's a good compatible situation right. for us. That 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 would would be ideal i also so. want to ask this question this is a little tangent but um it because it felt like like they were both taking or doing like their weekend hobby things with their friends or yeah. something and they both live in new york and it makes sense that you know john would be at a boxing club somewhere in the city there are tons of them but where the fuck are those cliffs supposed to be i don't know <laughs> i don't know that's a that's a good that's a good weekend out of town you know just do some do some fucking mountain climbing right um it seems like it was like in the american southwest or something something like that yeah no definitely definitely uh definitely keeping it tight that's for sure absolutely um okay cool so uh you're doing great uh three out of four so far uh i'm just i'm just having to say it out loud to like make sure i actually keep in keep keep track of the score but you're in really good shape for this one um so uh we come to our final question uh question five what show did john smith recognize the actor who played jane's father from uh fantasy island you got it yeah, I don't know if that's a real show yeah, or a real reality show. Or... No, it's a, it's an old show with Ricardo Montalban, um, who played uh, uh, this guy who who owns this like facility where people go to the island and then they they tell him what his fantasy is or what their fantasy is and then they make the fantasy come true so if the fan the fantasy can be like oh I want to be king for a day or um, I want to kill this person and then he'll set up the scenario to where like you can actually live out your fantasy what? and the show uh, was very famous because it had uh, Herve Villachez who was the the same um um, dwarf actor who played Knickknack in The Man with the Golden Gun, uh, James Bond movie. And it has him prominently at the beginning of every episode ringing the bell whenever the plane comes in with a new client. And he's like ringing the bell and saying, The plane! The planes! And so that's like, that's how it's branded in pop culture whenever people think of Fantasy Island. They remember that more than the actual content of the show. Yeah, wow. That's fascinating. Yeah, yeah I've never, uh, I've never heard of it. The 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 plane the plane thing sounds mm-hmm. vaguely familiar so so I guess that makes sense that 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 survived in the pop mm-hmm. culture ether more and than- earlier this year uh, Blumhouse uh, they they released a horror movie that's that was called Fantasy Island where so it took because Fantasy Island the show was it was kind of dramatic but it was it wasn't like a thriller. It was mostly, you know, just like innocuous fantasies or what. And it, the people who did the fantasies always learned lessons and shit out of it. Yeah. So when they updated it for the movie, they just turned it into like straight horror. And uh, all the fantasies like have like uh, um, dark, darker outcomes. Yeah. So that was actually released earlier this year. 
Fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. All right. Well, that's good. I appreciate that. Yeah. Tri- I appreciate that <laughs> trivia for the trivia. Um, you are killing this quiz. Um, you, I think I your, your, your bragging rights are safely secure. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so well done there. Uh, we do still have a bonus question. All right. Uh, so, uh, a shot in this film mm-hmm. was originally used in which 1994 action thriller film? Oh, uh, was it also directed by Doug Lyman? Uh, I'm pretty sure no. I don't think so. Oh, okay. As I'm trying to run through his filmography. Yeah. Um, I, I can give you a hint okay. about which which shot it was. Okay. If you want that hint. Uh, so, so the shot that was originally used in a different film, uh, it was the the initial shot of the helicopter uh, flying over Bogota, Colombia. Hmm. And it was used. What what year was the other movie? Uh, this uh, the film it was originally used in was a 1994 action thriller film. Jeez. Um. Was it Clear and Present Danger? You got it. What? Nice. Yes. <laughs> you got it. Um, they did do some editing to uh, that shot. Um, they, I think, did like a, a color grading mm-hmm. adjustment to it. Um, they also, I think, digitally added a person sitting in the helicopter. And then they also added some like a, additional fires in like the town below um, to, uh, you know, just you know take it out of that out of the original context but um yeah really really good really good answer there uh and that movie i believe yeah it was directed by philip noise yeah um and what's interesting to me is uh when i was watching this movie uh i was thinking about um salt have you ever seen salt I did once a while ago. I was not that big a fan of it, personally. So I was thinking about how I... Because I I, I, I have that same mentality that I wasn't a big fan of it. But when I was watching this movie, I became interested in like, I wonder if I watch Salt, I'll probably like it more than this movie, is what I was thinking. Yeah. Be, um, just because of... from what I, Just thinking about what I remember from the movie. And what's interesting to me is that Philip Noyce directed Salt. Oh, okay. That's So that's a weird, like, yeah. Well, and, and this movie was, I think, like, actually a pretty interesting entry in Angelina Jolie's career because um, she, like, after making this movie, she then went on to do Wanted and Salt. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think maybe, like, there were, I think, like, a, a couple other, like, you know, pretty similar, like, sort of spy action thriller mm-hmm. movies. She had already done the uh, Laura Craft movies at the time. That's true. Yeah, yeah. She was uh, She was also already in Tomb Raider. Um, yeah. Which are also pretty entertaining bad movies, I think. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do remember the Tomb Raider films pretty fondly mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, but, uh... Hey, uh, enjoy your bragging rights. Woo-hoo! You you nailed them. Uh, you've been you've been you've done well. You've done good <laughs> by my by my apparently brutal quizzes. No, that was great. Um, fantastic. Um, so uh, this movie uh, around the time of its release uh, got uh, somewhat mixed critical reception. I can see that. Um, uh, generally, <laughs> uh, the trend among uh, the critics was uh, that most of them did praise the uh, the chemistry between uh, Brad Pitt and Jolie. Um, I definitely agree with that. Um, most of the critiques were that the movie was kind of a simple, poorly written action film and I agree stuff with that like too. that. So I, I think that I think that there is definitely some like nice sharpness to the writing. Mm-hmm. Um uh, you know, I, I think I think that I think that some of some of the like the back and forth in the movie was pretty good. Um, but I definitely kind of hear what they're saying. It didn't go far, far like, enough, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, and also because I I feel like the film the film definitely yeah it, it didn't go far enough. It, it didn't like go deep really. Right. With any of there its, was no like, depth. ideas. It just kind of was like you know. It it, it it put it put a marriage lens mm-hmm. a, a a traditional white waspy marriage lens on a action spy movie and that's pretty like, much it to give you a, a good context um 
or frame of reference, the, the film True Lies, I think, is a better examination of marriage in a in a spy movie than this is. Uh, uh, yeah, I actually hear that. Um, yeah, I think actually, yeah, that's that's a really good point of uh, comparison. Um, uh, this movie also kind of brings up. It, it makes me think of a lot of different sort of like hitman movies as yeah. well. Um, I I definitely thought of Gross Point Blank a uh, few times but, when watching. Yeah, that's a great this. movie. Um, definitely like the kind of comedic take on like right. the sort of the, the the life that assassins live. Mm-hmm. Um, it also see that's make- a way sharper and it has more teeth. I think that movie. Like, yeah, I would agree with that, mm-hmm. and and also just like I think like the 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 romance side of it i think was definitely yeah. a lot more a lot more heartfelt and mm-hmm. and you had a better idea of like the stakes um throughout it as well cuz um, i think that this movie could have gone one of two ways to to really help it out um i feel like it could have either gone more cutesy with the comedy if it because because i feel like it does try to be a romantic comedy action film yeah and but it's not cutesy enough to really be romantic you know or romantic comedy, I mean. Um, so I, I feel like if it had dialed that up, you know, like that cute humor that you get from romantic comedies, then that would have at least like helped it to, to help to define it a little more. Or the other route would be to like, you know, keep it on this level, but give us a more in-depth examination of their marriage and give me a little more like emotion that way. Yeah. And, and I think that because that, that's really what I'm, you know, missing, like the action stuff comes across kind of rote because it's not held up by a strong foundation. Yeah. The, yeah. That's the thing is that I think like, I think that so, some of the action is pretty fun and we're, we're definitely going to talk yeah, about some, fun. Of, some mm-hmm. of the, uh, some of the, act, uh, the set pieces. Um, but yeah, there's something about this movie that just kind of felt very safe, you know, yeah. it, like it, it, it did have a cutesiness to it. Um, uh, but ultimately it did kind of play it pretty safe for the most part. Like, did, did you ever watch Night and Day, that movie with Tom Cruise and uh, Cameron Diaz? Uh, I I don't think so. So, no. so that movie is about so Cameron Diaz. Uh, she's basically, um, I would say, kidnapped by Tom Cruise because Tom Cruise is like a, a, a secret agent on the run, mm-hmm. and she, he kind of uses her. Um, uh, as cover in a way, hmm. but then she becomes involved in the chase herself. And, and, and it's, a, it's, and it's a similar kind of a three days of the condor type. It's a similar almost. premise where yeah. it's like a romantic comedy action movie. Yeah. But I feel like that, even though it wasn't as successful at the box office, I feel like that movie is more successful in portraying that kind of cutesy screwball comedy type thing. Hmm along with the action stuff. Yeah. Um, speaking of box office, um, while critical reception was mixed on this movie, um, it was a a significant mm-hmm. box office hit. Um, it grossed a total of uh, $478,207,520 total worldwide. Um, and it was the highest grossing film for both Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie at the time of its release. Um, ultimately, uh, the those records would be surpassed later in their careers uh for brad pitt uh that would be world war z and then for angelina jolie uh that was going to be maleficent maleficent Uh, yeah um so uh and and it's interesting actually like um so, so actually one of the things i find really interesting is like what a vehicle for the two of them the movie really feels like yeah um uh, like obviously they're very much the highlights um but there were uh, there were quite a few interesting um alternate castings um hmm. for the two title roles um uh for john smith um they were also considering johnny depp for that role uh as well as will smith okay um and uh for jane uh they had considered uh Catherine zeta jones uh they considered ava green uh, they considered uh, Kate Blanchett, uh, and even Gwen Stefani read for the role. Um, and initially, uh, Nicole Kidman was actually cast as Jane in the mm. movie, um, but then she dropped out, um, which led to Brad Pitt briefly dropping out mm-hmm. until they then managed to get Angelina Jolie to sign on, at which point Brad Pitt then 
joined the production again. Hmm. Hmm. So, Interesting. Uh, so it went through. So it went through quite a few iterations, mm-hmm. um, both on the development side through like the casting. Um, it also went through some interesting uh, iterations uh, in terms of working on the script as well. Um, so the so the original script uh, again uh, the the credited writer for the movie was Simon Kinberg, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the original script for the movie was actually his thesis from his MFA program. Um, I wasn't able to find where his MFA was, um, but uh, it was based on conversations that he had had with uh, some married friends mm-hmm. who were in couples therapy, and uh, so so. It definitely makes sense that that was. That's the kind of program that I want to be a part of, where like you write a script and that's your thesis, like right? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, there are definitely a few MFA programs where it is kind of like, yeah, your your culminating project is just your your first big script, or right? Because I feel like every time like I hear about people struggling with a thesis, it's like this ridiculous project it's like a script like yeah 120 pages i could i could do that definitely definitely <laughs> um <laughs> uh so um uh the, and and quite a few other people um also had a hand in the various drafts of the script during development as well mm-hmm. um here's uh, just a list of some of the people who um who helped with with the drafting process during development um jez butterworth john butterworth akiva goldsman Ted Griffin, Kieran Mulroney, Michelle Mulroney, Terrence Winter, and Carrie Fisher. Ah, yeah, she was a well-known script doctor. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a thing. It's it's always kind of fascinating to hear to hear when Carrie Fisher actually had a hand in mm-hmm. the drafting process because yeah, she she definitely was a a very well-known uh, script doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, we are going to launch into the first of our GSV segments, which is called Shots, 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 Um, talking about the gratuitous violence in this movie. Um, not pretty violent. Yeah, pretty violent. PG-13 violence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. PG-13 violence, uh, for sure. Um, so, uh, the, so I, when I was doing the research, um, the, there uh, uh, there was a body count listed on IMDb, which was matched by another body count website. But then there was a third body count website mm-hmm. that had a different figure. Um, so I so I also during this this current viewing tried to record a body count on my own. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious what you thought the body count was just from your general impression, and then I'll share some of uh, some of the figures that 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 uh, I had both from my own recording. I feel IMDb. like uh, be- there's a lot of uh, gratuitous agents dying yeah. at the end. Yeah, a lot of faceless, yeah, a lot of sort of faceless uh, mm-hmm. goons uh, and SWAT guys who so, get blown out. So I think it's a little, I think it's going to be a little high. Okay. Um, but it's not going to be like like something like blood rain high. It's not going to be ridiculous like that. Oh my god. So yeah. I'm going to say I'm just going to like go for like a nice round number and say 75. 75. Okay, that's a strong number. Uh one source I had um pegged it at like uh I think it was like 85 or mm-hmm. something like that. Um IMDb and the other site that matched IMDb said 43. Yeah, it seems like way too low. Which, which, yeah, I would agree was actually considerably low. Um, when I did my body count, uh, I tallied a total of sorry, sorry, I had to count it up. Uh, when I did my tally, uh, the total I got was sixty-five. Oh, so um. So, so I'm, yeah, I th- I'm kind of splitting th- the difference in y- the high end there. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think um, in a way it's it's kind of exactly what John Smith said about his body count: high fifties, low sixties. Right. Of. So, <laughs> so uh, movie movie seems to at least be keeping pace with him. Maybe not so much with uh, with Angelina Jolie. Yeah, um, killing 312 people. That's that's, that's a lot. Pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, I, I did. I mean, no wonder she's colder. I mean, come on. Well, and 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 again, because because I think that. Um, Obviously, once the movie kind of picks up pace, mm-hmm. um, that's that's where the comedy definitely gets a lot sharper yeah, because I th- now I all, because that's where we're starting to we're starting to intermingle the the issues of their marriage dynamic yeah. with the issues of also they're both killers and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So um so I found that scene where they're comparing their body counts very funny because obviously it has a pretty strong parallel with like 
you know, how how many people you've slept with versus how many people your partner has right. slept with right. and and sort of the the insecurity that that uh, a person can have mm-hmm. in having those conversations as well. So, yeah, um, no, I, I agree. I feel like once once they get to that scene where they're just like duking it out in the house and after that, like the movie is it just has like a like a second wind of life, I think. Definitely, definitely. And, and actually, like, I think that 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 fight scene I actually think is just excellent. Um, That's the best they, part of the movie. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's got like a lot of humor to it, especially with like the soundtrack choices. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, I think it's effectively brutal too. I feel, I like that they don't hold back from each other. Agreed. Agreed. Mm-hmm. I, I remember like, I remembered like the sensation when I first saw the movie of actually like wincing a little bit mm-hmm. and like particularly how hard Brad Pitt hit Angelina Jolie Kicking her. in those scenes. <laughs> like, yeah, like he gets her on the ground and like fucking kicks her. Yeah. So, so I remember that leaving a bit of a sour taste in my mouth. Um, doesn't bother me so much now. Again, clearly she outmatches him in, right. in almost all of the metrics right. and whatnot. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's such a fun fight scene. And, and, and especially cause I think like the action scenes as a whole are very well, are very well plotted mm-hmm. and have like, and have like a great arc to them. Mm-hmm. Um, with like that fight scene, like it, they did a good job of like starting with like, you know, phase one of like him having to sneak into the house. And mm-hmm. then after that, it's like a, uh, it's like a an unevenly matched shootout where he's only got a pistol and she's got like both a shotgun and, mm-hmm. and a and a you know a submachine gun and 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 then and then finally getting into that third act um, with just like the brawl the, the, the brawl um, so and uh, then so and then the brawl leading to sex exactly yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely which um, is really really rough sex yeah. Yeah, very very rough sex. I mean, we'll we'll actually talk about that in the next segment. <laughs> but um, I, but I I like that uh I like like you said, I like how gaggy it is. You know, I like how, you know, they do they they have like beats of brutal violence and then they throw a quip out at each other. Yeah, very mm-hmm. much so. It just um, breaks the tension of Yeah, it. definitely. Um speaking of the quippiness, I definitely was like a huge fan of um of like the whole conversation that they the the like ongoing conversation that they have where they're all just like trading like real facts about like what their real life was like mm-hmm. and um and having all of that happening while they're like in the midst of a car chase right. and a shootout. Right. Um yeah, a lot of those lines just I, I found landed very funny. Um yeah, it was a ton of I fun. I wish that the movie had gotten there quicker. I, I don't I, I was like look you know, the whole time because Brad Pitt goes to her workplace twice when you think about it. And it's like you're repeating the same beat, though. You, you don't really need him to show up twice. You know, yeah, I, I kind of felt that, too. Yeah, because, like, he does he does visit that building twice. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you have, like, them going back to the house twice. Like, yeah. first you have, right. like, them going back for that first tense scene where they both know, mm-hmm. but, like, they're trying to play at dinner. And, and, and again, like, I think, like, that that first scene where like that scene where like they're, they're having dinner and they both know like had a lot of potential for Mm -hmm. a lot of really good, like tense comedy. Mm -hmm. And, and also like, because in that first act where they're still playing out their marriage, that scene I thought had the most punch Mm -hmm. in comparison with before they knew. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, then that, scene also was weaker when you compare that with just when it devolves into all out action and right. stuff like that too. Yeah. Um uh the just a little fun fact um uh, Angelina Jolie's favorite weapon uh during training was the pump action shotgun. Nice. Definitely shows. I mean, come on. Yeah. They they actually uh both Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt uh did weapons training together uh, in preparation for the movie and uh, they did have a bit of friendly competition uh during their time on Flirty the Flirty competition. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> I mean, they did end up getting together after this movie, so. Well, they did actually, yeah. Showmans. You know, it, yeah, and, and, and I'll, I'll actually talk about that a little bit in our next segment, uh-huh. which is called 
boob tube. Talking about the gratuitous sex of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very sexy movie. There's, it is a very sexy movie. not anything graphic, but it's very sexy. Yeah, very, very true. Starting from like the very beginning, like when they're in, in Colombia, like those scenes are hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Again, it's like you, you, you can get so much out of like good chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I would agree. It's definitely a sexy movie. Um, they uh, did have to cut down on um, the the sex scene following the big fight, the big brawl in the house, uh, in order to preserve a PG thirteen hmm. rating. Mm-hmm. Um, the I, I did actually uh, make a point of seeking out um, the the longer you, you, you can see the longer cut. I know that um, there's online. an unrated version of the movie too. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, so uh, so uh, in that in that original unrated version of that scene, um, there's, there's no like actual nudity depicted in the scene. There's no like, you know, nipples or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, no full frontal or anything like that. Um, but they do go through, um, you know, there's like, there's like, they're at one point in a position where Brad Pitt's behind Annalie Jolie. Um, there's a moment where Brad Pitt is going down on her. And then, ah. there's, and then there's also a bit of, her it's implied that she also then goes down on him as well we know the so, mpa loves that shit well that's the thing again <laughs> it's like we we keep coming back to mpaa's inability to deal with women enjoying yeah. sex right um right come on folks let's it's fucking brad pitt like how how, how, how are how, you not gonna enjoy sex with how, him? Yeah, how are you not gonna enjoy sex with brad pitt let's be real um so uh as as we mentioned um Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie did get together after this movie. They um, did. During production, Brad Pitt was uh, married to Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Um, and uh, they did split up in January of 2005. Um, and then, uh, Gen- and then uh, Jennifer Aniston filed for divorce in March. Uh, the film released in June. Traded down, in my opinion. I'll just be honest. Trade it down. Interesting. I mean, Angelina, yeah. Angelina Jolie. She. I'm not. I'm not gonna say she's. She's obviously a gorgeous person. Yeah. But uh, I'm definitely more of like a, a Jennifer Aniston type person that's, myself. That's I fair. Yeah. That's fair. I, I understand that. Um. Yeah. It's. Yeah. It's interesting. There's. There's a lot of rumors that are that were definitely going around around the time mm-hmm. about like whether like there was a full on affair going right. on and stuff like that. So um, you know, I, I definitely don't wanna I definitely don't wanna like speculate too much on those specifics or anything like that. I mean obviously um, it was but, real because they got together. Well, well that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean and and it's interesting because um because Angelina Jolie um was quoted uh in an interview um I, I got this from like a, a BuzzFeed article mm-hmm. about the film mm-hmm. so who knows how dependable it right. is um but uh she was quoted uh as saying that she does that she falls in love on every production that she does mm. so um that's an actor's curse man i feel like uh, i mean we we both know showmances are a thing for sure absolutely like uh, you're, I, you're just working with people that. for a long time and you're just gonna like develop like some sort of chemistry just from being together all the time yeah it's true it's true and especially you know with with two people who are as gorgeous as Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie yeah it it does it does make sense like I I feel like uh, almost like it's it's uh the more professional thing is like how to how to learn to compartmentalize because obviously like you you kind of want to use those feelings to your advantage that's part of what chemistry is yeah you know like you want to use those feelings like yeah and and there, yeah. I know that there's a whole like morality ethical question about like you know can married couples or can committed couples flirt, and I'm one of those people that are like you know there there is a I guess like a way that you can flirt tastefully and not it be like a danger zone kind of thing, yeah. but but the professionalism needs to come in when you're like okay this is obviously fe- feelings that I'm getting because I'm working with this person for like twelve hours a day. And I got to understand that when I get back to my trailer, like, I got my home life to think about, you know? Absolutely, yeah. Well, and also because I think, like, from the professionalism angle, it's, like, it's definitely understandable that, like, if there is chemistry there and the role calls for chemistry, Mm -hmm. you know, it makes sense to want to use that. Right. The flip side of that is that if you don't have chemistry with your Mm co-star and the role needs chemistry, then it's, like, well... What are you going to do? That's when you have to actually put in the work as a professional to yeah. make sure that even if there isn't there isn't a, co- a natural compatibility there, that you still have to be able to deliver it on screen. And there so. have been times in movies 
when we have a couple that's actually together in real life that have zero chemistry on screen. Yeah. Like uh, Gigli was very famously panned for many things. It's a terrible movie. But one <laughs> of the things was, you know, it, it had all these expectations because Benefer was a thing. You know, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez, they were together at, at, at the time. Yeah. And everyone made a big deal and talked up this movie that they did together. And then when the movie comes out, they have like zero chemistry together. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's a hard thing to come by. You yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, this, uh, is going to take us, um, you know, speaking of the ethics of chemistry <laughs> and, 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 and sex in film, uh, it's going to take us over into the realm of our third section, which is, uh, that's problematic. Um, were there any things that you found, uh, problematic in the film? There's a lot of problematic stuff in this movie. First of all, going back to the um, married married life, the portrayal of married life, I feel like that's a that's a very conservative, waspy portrayal of what married life should be. Yeah, um, and and it's not that it's not that I I don't think that there are aren't people who do have that type of life because yeah. I know that there are, but I just feel like even that type of life is more complicated. This is more like a, and maybe yeah. it was done on purpose. Maybe that's purpose. Like they wanted to do like a, you know, a perfect waspy marriage, but it, it's not so perfect because they're keeping the secret away, yeah. uh, you know, w- to each other. But, um, but I, I do think that, that that holds back the movie in a lot of yeah. ways. Well, and and I definitely agree with that. Um, because again, I think like the the issue is like the the idea of the idea of like white normalcy, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 it's where you it's where you run into the problems with the film being an interesting film because this marriage is kind of painted in pretty broad strokes, mm-hmm. and so as a result, you for the most part are actually kind of lacking in any sort of specificity because it's just kind of a portrayal of a general marriage mm-hmm. and a general quote unquote boring marriage. Uh, and their names and are John and Jane. So again, maybe that was a choice, but I do think that yeah. I do think that it, that it detracts from the movie overall a little bit. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely, uh, I definitely do agree with that. Um, I also think that the, you know, the Vince, Vince Vaughn's character does have a, a couple of problematic lines here and there. Um, for sure. Adam Brody's character also the way he refers to women is a little problematic <laughs> a little calling bit. them sweetie and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. A lot of a lot of uh yeah, a lot of that yeah, kind of sort of, you know, casual misogyny. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. <laughs> I definitely hear you on that. Um it is a very very white movie. It even is. just aside from the idea of how it portrays marriage like Yeah, I mean we got uh we got half of Keith David's face and we got Kerry Washington and yeah. that's it. And that's it. Um, so, so yeah, very, very, very lacking in diversity. Um, it would have been an interesting, like to see a version of this movie with, for, with like Will Smith in it, for example, and see how yeah. that changed it. Yeah, you know? definitely. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of those alternate castings definitely made me think. And the fact that they went through so many, so many different potential people to, to fill those roles and especially uh, for the role of Jane. Um, it, I, I do find it funny too, again, because it's like, obviously there's like the joke of like John Smith and Jane Smith and, and obviously John Smith and Jane Smith are, are, you know, like anonymous names. Right. And so it, 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 it kind of sidesteps the logic of that, that like, there was her maiden name. Well, that's the, exactly, that's what I'm thinking about is like the fact that it's like, if the joke is that he's John Smith and she's Jane Smith because they're both assassins, right. then it's like, yeah, what was her maiden yeah, name? Exactly. Um, and, and they even do refer to it when, uh, when, uh, John infiltrates her, you know, her home base and, and he says, you are still Jane Smith. And she says, so are a lot of girls. So it's mm-hmm. like the movie clearly directly references it. Um, and, and again, that's just kind of the vibe of this movie that it, 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 you know, it's very cutesy and very like high tech spy fiction and right. stuff like that. And, and does a lot of like sidestepping of, uh, you know, like more rigorous logic, I guess you could yeah. say. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think so. Yeah. The biggest thing that I found problematic in the movie, uh, it doesn't really have to do anything with um, the main storyline. It happens really early on, but I was just like taking a back bite a little bit because the movie starts out in Bogota, Colombia. Yeah. 
But uh, and then it's portrayed as like this like really sweltering jungle city. And a, but, tiny, and a tiny town. And a too. tiny town, too. But Bogota is like this huge metropolis in the mountains. It actually has like a like a colder climate. It snows there and everything. So I was like, okay, like that seems a little like you're just, it, it's okay to, to set to set something in, in Bogota or whatever. But that's felt more like a like Brazil than Bogota, Colombia. Yeah. I don't know. Um, you know, fascinatingly enough, um, the government of Colombia actually uh, did criticize the film when oh, it yeah? came out for its portrayal of Bogota. I mean, it's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it really does. <laughs> like, it does bad. do this kind of like very generalized portrayal yeah. of of or, like a North American idea of like you know crime ridden mm-hmm. like you know banana republic type place. yeah like the hotel was like the everything was peeling in the walls and yeah. shit it was really run down yeah yeah very much yeah. so um interestingly enough um uh mayor luis eduardo garzon and president alvaro alvaro uribe velez um sincerest apologies for any mispronunciation um they did uh, extend an invitation to angelina jolie brad pitt and the producers to get to know the city and better understand the mistake that they made in how <laughs> they portrayed it so they they really did wow. like go quite public with their feelings about how the film portrayed the city. Um, and, a lot of the good that'll do in so, retrospect, cons- though. Uh, sorry, what was that? I said a lot of good that'll do in retrospect, though. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing, like, as I think as an Cause artist... Because I, I, I hadn't heard about that, like, at the time it came out, so, yeah. I, I feel like as an artist, uh, and this, this kind of goes into the whole, like, other voices thing that I run into as a writer, p- personally, because um, there's, there's a whole movement, you know, that... that says like you you should you should stay in your lane and write stories about your own voices and let other people who use their own voices and I agree with that to an extent I'm not like uh, totally militant about that because I f- I feel like a writer should be able to write about anything or in an art you know but but the 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 problem is the problem that you run into is is when you half-ass your job as a writer yeah. or as an artist, period. And I feel like th- that's what it applies here. If you're a director, producer, writer of this show, or, I mean, of this movie, it's your job to do the research yeah. to to provide an accurate portrayal of what you say you're portraying. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not like, you know, what, if, for example, um, the Born Supremacy ends in Moscow, you know, it's not like they shot that in Tallahassee and called it Moscow. Yeah. They very purposefully was like, well, that's not going to fly because everyone's perception of Moscow is this. And they went to Moscow and actually filmed it in Russia, you know? Yeah. And, and I feel like it, you should do the same level of, of, of um, research when you, when you do like a South American town. Not all South American towns look exactly the same. Yeah. You know, not all African towns look exactly the same. And a lot of times I feel like movies that take place in Africa, they all look the same. And Africa like has a lot of huge metropolises too yeah. and a lot of uh, modernity along with, you know, everything yeah, else. Yeah, it's it's it is an incredibly diverse continent. Right. Like and each nation has its own identity and within each nation like the different regions all have a ton of personality and identity and even and even going back to my moscow example that's probably not the best example either because every time that american cinema portrays moscow it's always color graded to be like really cold gray (laughs) but moscow it's not like that all the time like obviously they have a summer and they have a spring and it's a colorful city st basil's cathedral is really colorful you know And and yeah, and, and I definitely think that like, yeah, the, the point is very well taken to that, like, you know, making sure that, you know, you are you are you are cultivating voices in your writer's room mm-hmm. um, and in your development process when you're when you're putting the film together and putting together the plan of how you're going to shoot it and how you're going to yeah. tell the story. It's so important to just make sure that like you have voices that can actually speak to the realities it's a, and it's a simple, of the places you're trying to right, tell the story about. And it's a simple like if you if you for some reason are hard pressed to find someone from Colombia, you could just Google the freaking city and then oh yeah that actually doesn't look anything like what i had in my mind yeah but yes but if you're if you're actually going to put in the research the time to research find that voice find a sensitivity reader as we call them nowadays you know yeah. you know find someone who's from colombia 
and asked him about Bogota and then put that in your movie, you know, because because the whole adage of like, write what you know, it's not it doesn't mean that you could only write exclusively what you know. It's almost like a, a dare, like, you, you know, the more information you have the more you can write about. Yeah, the, the and the more the more you take on that experience mm-hmm. and that knowledge, mm-hmm. the, the richer your writing is yeah. going to be. Yeah, be know? respectful, be as accurate as you can. Yeah. And, and it, I think take, that... Take criticism, too. Take criticism yeah. with an open mind. Absolutely, Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, it, it, it will only make your product richer. You know, there's no detracting from that. Yeah. There's no world like okay, so maybe maybe Bogota, Colombia, if you want to portray that, maybe that's not the city that you were actually thinking about. You know, choose another city yeah. that actually looks like that more, you know? But if but even if you were setting it in Bogota, like a metropolis, and you had similar scenes, I think that it would have worked just as well. Yeah. Yeah, I I hear that. Yeah, that's kind of the thought that I had, like, yeah, the more I read about like the issues with this film's portrayal of Bogota is like yeah, clear, clear, clearly that's not actually the, the city they wanted. Right. Um, if, if that was the story that they were trying to tell. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely well taken points. Absolutely. Um, that wraps up our discussion of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Um, Orlando, final thoughts on the movie. Uh, did you think it was a bad movie? Did you think it was a so-so movie? Did you think it was good? Did you think it was great? I'm going to give this one a so-so. I honestly, um, I do remember liking it and having more fun. I was one of those people um, who was at the theater bolstering the box office of this movie. Like I, you know, I was there with my friends and uh, it was, we had a blast. I remember laughing maniacally at I apparently thought it was way funnier than it is. <laughs> or maybe, you know, when you're younger, maybe your tolerance for humor is lower. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, but um, watching it now, I'm like, yeah, there's definitely a lot of potential in the movie. It's not like it's a badly made movie. It's yeah. a well-made movie. I just think that thematically, it doesn't have a lot of depth. Um, I also feel like some of the action set pieces, even though they are a lot of fun on their own, um, they don't really evolve naturally from the previous one as well. Like uh, they don't have a a, a, a through line like a, a lot of other, like even The Born Identity, like, let's talk about that, or even Edge of Tomorrow, both great Doug Liman movies that I feel like the action, not only are the individual set pieces great and a lot of fun, but each set piece kind of builds on the other. And this one, I don't know, it, it just feels like there's a lot of sameness and it, it doesn't break free from what I think of like traditional action movies are you know and um the more interesting bits in the movie uh which actually helped the latter half of the movie is when they have their marital strife intertwining with their job stuff and that keeps it nice and 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 uh, fresh but but then that huge chunk in the first third or so of the film where there's like no action and the comedy kind of falls flat for me like that that really slows down the movie and and the enjoyment of it. So I would say overall, so so nice even so so. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, I uh, I think for me it's I think it's like so so verging on good. Um, I I definitely uh, I I was a huge lover of this movie um, when it like first came out. Um, this would have been like around senior year of high school for me, and it stuck with me as like kind of one of my favorite sort of you know popcorn movies mm-hmm. to throw on if I couldn't think of anything else to watch. Um, I think that uh, there's there's definitely a cleverness to it, mm-hmm. um, and uh, certainly I think that uh, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie's performances do stand the test of time. Yeah. Um, that said, uh, yeah, watching it this time, like you said, um, it, it doesn't go particularly deep with the themes it's exploring. Um, I do think there's a lot of cleverness to it. Um, I think that the set pieces themselves are a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it ultimately at the end of the day, it's mainly just sort of safe, cute, and competent and doesn't really do that much to sort of propel it beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I think so-so verging on good. Um, a there, lot there's of one other thing that I don't know why I just thought of this, but I wanted to talk about the end of the movie, right? Because... 
So the end, the final, the whole conceit of the movie is kind of framed in in the the therapy sessions, right? Yeah. And so it's it's a clever thing to end it on the therapy session, and they do a good job of that. But it kind of like it kind of ends uh, the scene previous in the middle of the shootout. You think that you're going to have like a Bonnie and Clyde situation where they're overpowered and they're not going to be able to shoot their way out, and then we cut to the therapy session where we find out, oh, they did survive. So I have I have two problems with that. Problem number one is I feel like it's kind of lazy to not show us the way out. I actually feel like that's not clever. I feel like I, I wanted to see them battle their way out and see how they did it and see how they relied on each other to do it. I would have loved to have been like that's that's that kind of grittiness that I'm missing from the movie. Yeah, you know? a little bit. Well, and, and actually, interestingly enough, um, uh, the there there was a scene cut from the film where the two of them do actually co- uh, directly confront the heads of their agencies mm. after that shootout. Um, so so there is definitely, I think, a lot of story that the film kind of does brush mm-hmm. aside and leave out for whatever decision they they felt they just they wanted to mm-hmm. sweep it to the side. Um, and then you said there was a, there so, was another problem. That yeah. You had as well. So my second option for that would be that I'm kind of okay with the idea of them not surviving. Yeah. And I also feel like, you know, again, that's part of that grittiness that I'm missing. I'm like, if you're going to commit these characters together, that's actually kind of like a bittersweet way to end it. You know, it's like they, they reconciled their marriage, but they ended up dying for it. Yeah. You know, like they they were when they had the option to be single and alive and they chose to be married and dead. Mm. And that's almost like more romantic to me. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that is an interesting point. Um yeah, and 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 yeah, I think that those are those are both really great observations mm-hmm. that do really kind of uh, underscore yeah, like what a kind of safe movie this right. was at the right. end of the day. Yeah. Um so uh so yeah, I'm I'm in complete agreement about that. Um that was Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Um, Orlando, thank you so much for joining me to watch this movie. Thank you for leading the discussion. Of course. It was my genuine pleasure. Um, I hope to definitely uh, do another episode with you. Awesome. And uh, we hope that all of you listeners out there join us again on Gratuitous Sex and Violence. Um, in the meantime, uh, you know, just... Communicate more, communicate clearly, communicate honestly, and uh, just, you know, communicate what movies you want to watch when you watch them. Honey, can we watch this movie? Mm. I hope we're going to have some gratuitous sex and violence. You guys always bring me the very best violence. No relationship. No emotions. Just sex. Yes. I hope we're gonna have some gratuitous sex and violence. Yes. You guys are-